Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the, the kids and their testimonies that we got to see and hear this morning. And thank you, Lord, for some of the kids I got to see last night who were offering their lives to you as a living sacrifice, making choices and trying to share their faith with others. Lord, thank you for what you're doing through children. And Lord, I know you told us, change, change and become like little children so we can enter the kingdom of God. Lord, change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this morning, uh, I want to take a look at at just one little incident in the scriptures, and it's just about three or four verses. Um, Before I do that, I just want to say that um, last week I talked to you about this idea of how children are, are too, too small to ignore and that, that at any moment in a kid's life as they're growing up in different stages of life, interject any time the love of Christ and that can be a life-changing moment for a young person as it was for me. And it, it's never too late. It's never too late to interject Christ's love into a person's story. And I reminded you... Uh, of the question, when's the last time that you've talked with a child? When's the last time that you talked to a child? And I'm going to have another question for you this week, but I just want to remind you of that. But today, I want to talk to you just about a small incident that occurred in the scriptures. It only takes up three or four verses, yet it's in three of the four gospel accounts. And obviously, this made some sort of huge impact, this little incident that it was recorded for us to know. Of all the hundreds of things that Jesus did and that he said, this was something that it was to be remembered. This was something to be was passed on to us. And this incident uh, occurred in Mark chapter 10. And it says at that time uh, that, that a large crowd had gathered to listen to Jesus. And as they were listening to him teaching, there was a group of Pharisees that came. And these, this was the religious leaders of the day. And uh, they came up and they had some questions for Jesus. And it was kind of a kind of a moment. And I think the disciples were kind of like, ooh, you know, the important guys are here to talk to Jesus. Let's, let's make some space and let, let Jesus talk to the bigwigs. And uh, so they were asking their questions. And, and they were asking these questions that were kind of uh, more uh, uh, adult tone. Uh, they were asking, is it legal for, for a man to divorce his wife? And and uh, Jesus started answering them and, and saying, you know, uh, well, God created man, male and female. And, and as he's beginning to explain and talk and answer, uh, there are these mothers and, and fathers with children that are coming up through the crowd. And, and I can just imagine at this moment uh, that, you know, there's some little kids and they're trying to weave their way through the adults trying to get to Jesus. And, you know, you can see some little kid, you know, is peeking through some adult legs and trying to get in there. And, and I'm sure as Jesus is really talking about this serious subject, you know, says, and God created a male and female and, 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 uh, and he said, what God has joined together, do not let them and, and I'm sure he's, you know, sees a little girl is holding a flower that wants to give him to, to Jesus. And, and so the disciples are trying to keep things under control at this moment. They, they see that Jesus is starting to get distracted by these children. And so they start shooing. They start saying, hey, no, 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 not, not right now. And can't you see the master is talking to the Pharisees? This is, this, is, this is a big deal. And so they're starting to shoo and hush these children. And at that moment... You know, I, Jesus, he's, he's going on, carrying on. I, I kind of wonder if there's more that he would have said about marriage and about divorce, but I think he cut it short 
and and because uh, he couldn't take it any longer, he saw the disciples starting to actually push back the children and and holding them back from running into his arms. And Jesus calls out his disciples. He calls them out, and he says this, and it's here in Mark. Says people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And he took the children in his arms, gathered them up, put his hands on them and blessed them. Now, in this passage of scripture, just a short little incident just three verses, we read and we hear what Jesus felt. Now, whenever you you hear about what Jesus felt, you should probably pay attention. It's not that often in the scriptures that we get to, to understand what Jesus felt. But it says that Jesus was indignant. What does that mean? He was angry about something that wasn't right just wasn't right. And he was angry about it. You know, there's only two other times in scriptures where it mentions that Jesus was angry. So again, here's a moment where we go, well, what does Jesus get angry about? Maybe this is important. Maybe we should pay attention to this. This is only two other times in the scripture. One time when Jesus was uh, set up in a trap by the Pharisees, uh, they're trying to see if he would heal on the Sabbath day. And that just, that just, made him really angry with the Pharisees at that point. And then there was another moment in a premeditated act where Jesus went into the temple after seeing it the night before. The next morning, he got up and went into the temple and he cleared out all the money swindlers. It wasn't just people selling things. It was people that were cheating people out of uh, things that they needed to make sacrifices. And so he, he, he got rid of the swindlers. He called them thieves and cleared out the place. And, and those are two moments where he was angry. But here is another moment where the scripture says that he was indignant. He was very angry about something that was not right. And so we should wonder about this. We should wonder why was Jesus angry about this kind of shutting out of children? And, and why, why would Jesus interrupt the flow of things? This flow of kind of a, an adult conversation going on and welcome children into the presence of adults. Why would he do that? I mean, Jesus didn't have any kind of ulterior motives. He wasn't running for senator and he didn't need to go around kissing babies. So what was he doing? Why, was, why were these little children important to him? Well, you're going to find out. See, if you, if you take a look in the previous chapter, because Mark He's kind of a sequential guy when he wrote, wrote the accounts of Jesus. Very sequential. He said, Jesus was here in this city, and then later he went over here to this place, and he preached, and then he went over here. And then he'd tell the stories and the events that would happen. So you go back just a, a chapter before this incident, just a few days before this happened, while they were in a city called Capernaum, Jesus had caught his disciples getting into an argument about who was the greatest. Now, I don't know how you get into an argument like that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I kind of imagine, you know, it must have been the brothers in the bunch, you know, Peter and Andrew, you know, Andrew being the younger was getting tired of getting pushed aside and Peter saying, why don't you go take care of that, Andrew? Why don't you go take care of arrangements for the upper room and, and uh, uh, you know, things like that. And, and James and John, you know, again, uh, older brother, younger brother, I'm sure there were some little tiffs back and forth and someone finally said, well, if you're so high and mighty, why don't you go do it yourself, big brother? And, uh, and so I imagine there was some, something like that, that that stirred up this conversation about who was the greatest among them. 
And, as, as, and Jesus caught them, caught them arguing. And, and so he stops them and he says, okay, okay, fellas, uh, teaching moment, teaching moment. And the scripture says that he went down and he sat down. Now I need a little help with this. And so, uh, Caleb, why don't, you, why don't you come up here for a moment? And, and uh, scriptures say, and, and notice the stance and the position. And, you know, I imagine, whoop, hey, buddy, come on up here. All right, stand, turn around right here, stand right here, all right? And uh, Jesus did this. He, got, he called his disciples around him who were standing, and Jesus says he was sitting down. Jesus called the 12 and said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be very last and servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. And I don't know, the scripture doesn't say how long that he had him stand there, had him look at that child. But I know, I, just notice, Jesus is sitting, child is standing, and, and, and look, you're kind of level here. And I, I kind of think there's something about that. Because didn't Jesus, didn't he come down to our level? Really, that's what the incarnation was. God became flesh. He came down to us. So I, I, you know, I use the words, words with the staff. You know, we, we talk, I said Jesus elevated children. Well, maybe, I think I was incorrect. I think maybe that, that Jesus came down to our level. Came down to our level. And so uh, I don't know if that kid was, was a little bit like you right now, Caleb. Are, are you feeling a little awkward? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Jesus, you know what he did next? He took that kid in his arms. Took that kid in his arms. And he said this, to his disciples. He said, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me does not only welcome me, but the one who sent me. Welcoming the Father. Welcoming the Son when you welcome guys like this. Thank you, Caleb. Are you beginning to grasp how Jesus felt about little ones, about children. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew that records that previous talk, the sit-down with the disciples, we get a little expansion on that little time where Jesus had to sit down and said, okay, fellas, and, and we brought the child in. He goes on and he says this. He says, and whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me, but if anyone If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Better? Uh, Is there something worse than that? Wow. You know, do you know how much a a millstone, typical millstone weighs? It's 2,000 pounds. You know, I, I remember junior high conversations about you know, the worst way to die, and, and mine was drowning. You know, this, this is a terrifying picture. And, and Jesus says it would be better. It would be better for this to happen than to cause a little one to stumble and sin. Do you have any doubt about how Jesus feels about children now? Do you sense maybe... You know, Tears of Color was here uh, Friday night doing a benefit, uh, a benefit to try to stop uh, human trafficking. And a majority of those involved in human trafficking are enslaved. They're being threatened by the, with their lives 
And, and a majority of them are under 18. Some of them are, are even children. But can you imagine or sense the righteous rage that Jesus must feel against those who exploit and sell children's bodies? And the righteous rage that Jesus must feel against those promiscuous, wealthy travelers who fly into a city and, and then abuse those children's bodies. Jesus says he's got a millstone. Let's get a millstone, and it might be good just to tie it around their neck. But you know what? Jesus takes it a little further, and he says this to each and every one of us. He says, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that there, their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. That there is, is a possess, possessive pronoun. Those children's angels see the face of my Father in heaven. Don't look down on these children, Jesus says. These children are valuable enough to God that God has ministering angels for these children. That's how valuable they are. Now, to the children and young men and young women here in this room today, regardless whether or not adults here in this room heed that command, you're told to shrug it off. Shrug it off if they look down on you. The Apostle Paul expounds on Jesus' words, and he says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's to you. That's to you. So how much does one child matter to Jesus? He goes on and he tells us. I don't know if you heard the story of the parable where Jesus talks about a uh, hundred sheep, 99, one, one wanders off and 99 stay. And he says that the shepherd cares so much for the one sheep that he goes off to search for the one. And when he finds that one sheep, he comes home rejoicing. Did you know that he tells that parable right here in this instance in the context of talking about children? And here's the, in the conclusion after he shares that parable. He says, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Not one. He cares for every single one. All right, now fast forward from that moment before and move forward to that moment where Jesus becomes indignant with the disciples trying to hush the children and keep them back. Do you understand why? He just shared this with them three days ago, and now his disciples have totally forgotten this lesson about how little ones matter to him. And it's just a few days later. The children are, are pushing through, trying to get through the adults. They're eager and excited to get to Jesus. They want to touch him. They want to sit on his lap. And you know what? They don't care if he's talking to some important Pharisees. They don't know who they are. They don't know who these important people are. And when Jesus sees the disciples rebuking the children, he gets indignant. He gets mad, and he tells the disciples, stop hindering the children and let them come to me. And the scripture says he took the children in his arms. Once again, that picture of Jesus wrapping them up. And then he puts his hands on them and blesses them. You know, do you ever see Jesus in any of the, in any of the Gospels take the important Pharisees in his arms and embrace them? No. But right in the presence of these important people, Jesus welcomes the children into this adult arena and brings them in close to himself. 
And I think of the prophet Isaiah's words. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young mothers. That's Jesus' heart towards little ones, to children. But guess what? Guess what? He wants to take you in his arms too. He wants to take you in his arms too. He wants you to change and become like little children so you can fit into his arms. Those Pharisees were, they were too important. They were too stiff. They were too aloof. Too aloof. They were too big to fit in Jesus' arms and fall into them and crumple up like a little child. Though I'm sure Jesus was ready. He was ready to receive them in his arms. We are to change and become like little children. It's the position. It's the stance. It's the place. It's the role that we take in his kingdom. Throughout the whole New Testament, we're described as children, his children. God the Father wants to adopt you into his family and say to you, I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, 2 Corinthians 6.18. The father says he desires to make you family, and Jesus, the son, is not ashamed to call you his brothers and sisters, Hebrews 2.11. To those who receive Jesus, they're given the right to start over like children, to be made God-begotten, not flesh-begotten, and changed into children of light. And the Spirit testifies that you are his sons and daughters. Says, this one is mine. Belongs to me. Jesus called his disciples little lambs, one point, Matthew 10. And he wants all of us to follow him like little lambs following the shepherd, like children following their daddy. And just as Jesus feels fiercely protective over infants and children, he feels the same way about any of you who are his child. Do you want to be his child? Do you want to remain his child? Put your full trust in him. Abide in him. Follow him like a little lamb. Right now I'm going to have Nate and the guys coming up and we're going to continue with our worship together. But I just want to ask you, have you forgotten how to be his little child? Do you remember how a child of God, the Father, lives by faith? Can I tell you a childish verse? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not one half, not three-fourths, but with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways and everything you do, Acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That's that's what faith is, trusting, putting your full trust in Christ and what he's done for you. I don't know, have have we gotten too big? Can you stop being so grown up? And can you change and be little children? Can you and I be like little children who follow their father, love their mother, forgetful of the wrongs done to them, showing no concern for wealth, and believe what has been said and hold what we hear as truth? 
can we? I think we can. God's made it possible for us to do that. Look, I know that here today, that if Jesus were to have a stance before us, if our stance is to be like little children, what do fathers do? What do they do? They, they hold out their arms like this. And what does a child do when they see their daddy hold out their arms like this? A good daddy? They run and they leap into his arms and they grab on and the father wraps his arms around them. And I want to tell you that's, that's the Lord's stance before you today. And he wants you to become his child. I know that there's, there's some young men here today Young men that, that maybe you're cynical, sarcastic, and I just want to warn you. I just want to say that, you know what happens to young, cynical, sarcastic men? They grow up and turn out to be angry old men. And I want to say to some young women here who may be struggling with bitterness and control, and I just want to say, do you know what happens to young women who are bitter and controlling? They grow up to be old, hateful women. And I just want to say that God designed us for good. He designed us for this relationship, this father-child relationship, and he wants us to come. But we were damaged by evil. And I don't know what has caused that damage to your heart. But I can pretty much say that you don't want to let that damage stay and let it grow and harm you. That please, let Christ come and restore restore your heart, make you new like a child, to start over again. There are people who come to Asheville all the time. They're wanting to recreate their lives and start over. I just want to say, invite Jesus into that recreation because he's the one who can take and destroy that. And it's a demolition that needs to be done. A whole new foundation has to be built. It's not, it's not a remodel. It's not a fixer-upper kind of deal with your life. That Jesus can help you start over brand new. And, and I, I, want you to, I want you to know that he restores us for better. He restores us for good. And there's things that he wants us to join him in, to do for his kingdom. It's not just about the hereafter. It's about the here and now that he's rescued you and saved you for. We're not just saved from something, from sin. We're also saved for something, for him and for his kingdom. And let's be about that. Let's do that like little children. Let's follow our daddy. Let's follow him. Next few moments, the guys are going to sing a song. And while they're singing this song, I I just want us to take a moment. And if there's anybody here who's just at the place where they're saying, you know what? I've grown so old in my heart. I may be only 20 years old, but I'm old in my heart. Or I may be 30 years old and I'm just, I'm ancient. And I need to become a child again. I need to start over. And you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never done that, turning away from your ways and turning to God's ways, then I want to invite you to do that today. And I'd like you just to come up here, right here with me, as this song is being played. And I'd love to pray with you and talk with you about this Father who holds this stance before you and through the Son has lived out in the same way and extended his arms on the cross like this for you. And the Spirit, in the same way, who envelops you and wants to immerse you in himself. So that's the picture I have for you today is just this. 
a father, and we have to become little children to fit into those arms. And so please stand with me right now.